0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy.
1: Happy, happy Victory Monday and happy putting a cap on the tumultuous 2022 season uh this is broncos for breakfast That's i'm nick- nicely nick
0: <laughs> we we
1: won yesterday we're feeling good uh so uh welcome in everyone broncos for breakfast i am nick kendall and joined by as always scott kennedy you guys can follow us on twitter you see your names there underneath scout kennedy and nick kendall mhh scott how you doing how was your weekend how are you uh getting ready for this first full regular week of work uh coming up here and, and the playoffs i mean college football championship tonight it's it's good times
2: I wouldn't notice the difference, you know? I mean, yeah. that's one of the <laughs> privileges of working in sports is you work holidays. I mean, but yeah. you know, when I'm sitting with my feet up at the pool on a Wednesday at 11 AM, I'm, I'm not feeling too bad about it, you know? So there's, there's trade-offs, but it means you're, you're working holidays.
3: <laughs> yeah. You're potting right.
2: on Christmas, you're potting on New Year's and New Year's Eve and all that stuff, but it's a privilege. It's absolutely yeah. a privilege. And, uh, but as far as, you know, how would you, feel it feels like regular work week
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i have a very nice thing with my other uh gig where i can go in on weekends and collect comp time and then i can avoid people on weekdays with hikes and backpacking when the weather is nice so i went in and got a good eight hours yesterday at work I had football on in the background while doing my job my other job and now i can come in and hang out with you guys so i really appreciate it. let's let some people in the chat here before we get going talking about this broncos 31 to 28 victory over the Los Angeles Charger. First, we got our guy, Bradley Congress saying good morning. Team played much better yesterday. Excited for the offseason moves and hopefully Russ can get back to the drawing board and get his edge back. We got Robbie saying RIP to the number five and 38 overall pick. Thank God it's not a top three pick is all I can say. Um, I think there's a top three consensus in this class right now. And uh, the fact that Broncos aren't giving up three is uh, makes me feel a little bit better. Now, maybe that's a loser mentality. I'm out here in Seattle. Um, I know it's a sunk cost, but I'm really glad they're not going to have Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or quarterback one in this class. Probably. I mean, we have months to go until the draft things change. I see some mocks where like Jalen Carter is a 10th pick. I don't get it for the life of me when that happens, but uh th- crazy things happen.
2: Yeah. Those are, those are being pushed out by people who want D- Jalen Carter with a 10th pick. Uh, Jalen Carter, he ain't going below five. And if he goes below three, I'll be surprised. You know, unless he goes to the combine and he's like, oh, you know, and just his pro day is bad and he doesn't have the measurables and all that stuff. Then, but off right now, based on what we know from what we've seen, he's a top three pick. Yeah. Unless someone goes quarterback crazy. That's true. Then maybe he could go to five because three quarterbacks go on the top five.
1: Crazy things happen. You also have that's the only way. I could also see um, edges come off the board before. I know that it's been so far that Miles Murphy has come in after 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 Jalen Carter, but Miles Murphy six five two seventy five playing edge with crazy measurables. Um, I could see somebody falling in love with that. And then letting the interior yeah, my, guy my heart just it,
2: went. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got some Travon Walker to his game. Yeah. He's, he's a monster. Uh, but let's say hello to say to Kevin Gray, come in and say morning Broncos country. Nick and Scott couldn't watch the game. Couldn't listen on the radio. Uh, some kind of blackout. Oh, that sucks. I don't know. I'm glad they won. Um, hoping for Harbaugh, Denver Broncos life. Yep. We'll get into some of the coaching stuff.
2: Kevin, I don't Kel- know where you are, but the, uh, the feed, the audio feed crapped out in the fourth quarter on NFL plus. Hmm. Thanks. Yep. I heard that uh,
1: was a direct TV was having a lot of issues with uh, the game ticket, Sunday NFL ticket as well. Oh, last well game that, year. that
2: was their week 18 kiss off. We just lost Sunday NFL Sunday ticket.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. hundred uh, percent.
2: Jeremy Sean morning boys. Last post game
1: Monday of the season. It's a victory Monday. A lot of uh, things could feel uh, a lot of things to feel good about. Yeah, absolutely. Jerry Rossberg gets a win. Um, congrats to Jerry. Uh, hope he enjoyed his time. Wouldn't mind him back in Denver in some sort of, Advisory special teams uh, position special teams was pretty much ass against the Chargers, but uh, is what it is. Uh, The, you also had the Broncos getting their 500th victory as an organization uh, in their history, which, you know, congrats to them. It's almost a little bit too bad it came in such a downer of a season, but uh hey, that <laughs> we only needed five wins this year to get there. And here we are. Uh, congrats to uh the Broncos also not getting swept by the division. Um, they always seem to beat the Chargers once. I think I said that. Um it's to start the season. You all know, they'll, they'll split the Chargers. Doesn't matter what the records are, they'll go one and one against LA and it turns out that way. Uh so yeah, a lot to be. Russell happy Wilson
2: in, moved to number three on the all-time quarterback rushing list. That surprised me. And, 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 uh, you know, who else is top 15, Jim Harbaugh talk about surprising. You're going down this list saying, okay, Michael Vick. Yeah, naturally you go down the list and three is Russell Wilson. Really? Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And then you go down a little farther and you're like, Harbaugh, wait a minute, is Google messing with me now? Just because I've done so many searches on keywords on this stuff. Uh, but Harbaugh played a long time and was a very good athlete. Uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson's going to take those, uh, records and make a mockery of them. He's going to Nolan Ryan, the thing with the strikeout record and put it way out of reach. Cause I think the record is like 6,500 from Michael Vick. And I think Lamar is like at about 4,500 right now. Somewhere in the neighborhood, like close, like a couple more seasons and he'll put the thing out of reach, but yeah. you got to stay healthy to do that. That's why the running quarterbacks don't put up 10,000 yards.
1: Yep hundred percent got to stay healthy. Uh, Jasmine coming in saying sad the season is over, especially as the offense was gaining momentum. Yeah, but uh, but definitely some stuff to hopefully build on conceptually. And uh, I think a big thing from this team is if they would have come out and played absolutely horrible these last two games, like we saw against the Rams, the vibes would be way down. And maybe the buy-in would be down as well. You come off, you were in that game against Kansas City. You can even talk yourself in that. You got a little bit jobbed uh, by the refs. And also, you could talk about obviously uh, played well against the Chargers, got the win there on a team that was not resting their starters, which is shocking. Brandon Staley, I mean,
2: Mike Williams goes off on
1: a cart, insane. Uh, what,
2: what's yeah, going on? Our guy Ross Hester came in last night, uh, the Chargers fan who who watches uh, watches us, and uh, he said, "What was what was Staley doing? Ah, Whew. didn't play him in preseason?" That that's fireable offense, right there, man. I mean, yeah. I'm shocked you lose, <laughs> you lose a starter, especially, you know, one like that, a key starter in that game. Oof. Yeah, man. Yep. I, yeah, that's a, maybe that
1: uh, Los Angeles chargers position does come open. Um And then we're talking about Sean Payton to the chargers, but uh will be interesting. I do think the vibes there. And I also think one thing we saw the Broncos establish a formula of winning football and <laughs> somewhere Pete Carroll is smiling, uh, probably eating some baby aspirin or something, uh, because it's what the Seahawks pretty much said. This is how we need to win with Russell Wilson, um, running the ball as much, if not more than passing it and being explosive in the pass games. I mean, the Broncos in this game were going to have the data right here. Ten point two yards per pass attempt. Russell Wilson only completes 13 passes, and yet it feels like, wow, this is beautiful. We figured it out. It's not Russell Wilson being this Drew Brees, 50 dropbacks a game passer. It's we're rushing the ball for 200 plus yards and we're throwing it down the field you're not going to get every single game where you're connecting on three passes of 40 plus yards um, but this is a formula I think that I mean how long has it been since week five this season Scott this is what I've been saying like this is how you have to win with Russell Wilson uh, it has to be a run
2: oriented offense with the play action game deep shots that's well, that's the that's only a, way I see it that's a pretty good scheme for any quarterback to be yeah. honest with you you know um, and and especially with a guy who's third all-time leading rusher you know he's got good feet Mm -hmm. and i saw him hit a beautiful pass rolling left i thought he couldn't do that pete um you know do so again saw some good things in there some good things always coming in michael rankeo supporting us wherever we are and we love you for it michael coming in from arizona good morning with the stars uh, breaking the ice uh on stars on facebook and then fa coming in with a sledgehammer breaking the ice big one um F.A., we don't see you in the mornings too often, so appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. She says, good morning, guys. Is it me, or has the last three games Russell played, minus the Rams game, Russell has looked like his old self. Was it a scheme change? Did the light ball go on, off? Whatever it is, let's build on it for next year. Well, I'm gonna, I am want to hear your thoughts on this, because when I saw this question from F.A., I, one of the things that immediately came to mind, and hopefully I won't forget it, <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that you had a somewhat of a scheme change um, from what the Broncos have done just from identity. They went way more heavy personnel Um, in shotgun. They are using Russell Wilson as a rushing threat. It's not this. uh, You still saw some empty. I'm all out on the empty with Russell Wilson unless you're going to use him as a runner from that, which I don't think is best. I'd rather have the running back option there as well. Uh, but it really became much more of a balanced uh, attack and attacking the field vertically. Total plays in this one for the Broncos in terms of passing, you had 13 for 24 with 36 rush attempts. You ran more than you passed, which is not very common uh, in today's NFL. Typically, you see 55, 45, 60, 40 split. And I think that that's probably how you have to build uh, with Russell Wilson going forward. It's one of the biggest reasons that there was so much headbutting in uh, Seattle uh, in his time there closer to the end because. He wanted to be more of a 45-50 to to pass attempts a game kind of guy and play like Drew Brees. That's not he's. – let's just call it. I mean, we saw it in this game. Quick game for Russell Wilson even, not good. Uh, 13 completions, a lot of the ones in the quick game were way off. There was that one early in the game where Jerry Judy didn't even go up for the football. It was still a better game from Russell Wilson, but it's because it's explosive in the per
2: attempt category versus the high
1: volume dinking and dunking down the field.
2: And you mentioned – um the explosive passing game, the, the other thing, as far as scheme change goes, they're moving the pocket a lot more. That was that was one of the things. Um, get him on the run. You were talking about butting heads. He was butting heads with Pete Carroll, who has as much say. I mean, Pete Carroll's an established coach. Yeah. He was running over Nathaniel Hackett, is the impression that we got, that Nathaniel Hackett was an empty suit. That's, that's the impression I've gotten for this year from him. Great guy. Everybody loved him, but he either acquiesced to everybody else's demands or didn't demand anything. It was, it was tough. It was tough to tell, you know, great motivator and stuff, but having that young a staff and, a, uh, and then you're going to give this much power and control over, over things to your new quarterback, you know, and, and Russ hadn't earned that in, in, with this team, you know? So when you come in and things start going wrong, it was going to be even worse cuz he hadn't he didn't have the years of goodwill built up in denver the way he had in seattle the other thing on here fa and thank you so much i see another one coming in we're going to hit that one too obviously um the pressure's off you know you hit rock bottom they they hit rock bottom you reached the effort stage of this season and you can play loose hmm. you can relax and hopefully you're able to take that into the next season where, all right, our expectations now are let's just play better football, not Super Bowl or bust and this new contract and this new team and everybody's watching me and and uh, I've got a new staff and I've got to do all this. You reach the effort stage and you could play relaxed and have mm-hmm. fun. And it was much better. And and my two predictions for breakout players, before I forget about this, Nick, as far as offense, I hit one, I missed the other. One was Albert Wabanom You know, I thought he could become somebody. I just, I don't think he's got the, the natural catch pass, passing, pass catching ability that you're going to need for a Waller, a Kelsey, one of those guys to become that type of big time weapon at tight end. But who do we say all season when the play breaks down and you're extending plays like Russell Wilson likes to do? Who's going to be the number one guy? jerry Jerry judy Judy. jerry judy so they finally figured out let's use this guy like tyreek hill let's let's just get him the damn ball yeah and it opens up so many other things that long pass to freddie swain they did a a zoom out on this three guys went with jerry judy on a post route freddie swain's by himself but with you know one-on-one coverage so lots of combinations i think a big part of it though is the mental aspect they were loose there's nothing to lose man Yep. That helps. That It's such a big deal, Nick.
1: I 100% agree with you, and I've said it already. Um, how this team played the last two weeks, uh, I think, should hopefully lend itself into buy-in from Russell Wilson. I know it's one game um, from our two games, I guess, but after the game, he said, what do we do differently? We've been running the ball much more efficiently, and we've been working the play-action game. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Um, That's I think that's how you have to lean into this offseason. And and I've said it all season. Also, um, the offensive line, they weren't a great unit this year, but a lot of people. And it's because of how negatively splashy these plays are. But the pass protection I thought was closer to league average than bottom of the bottom of the barrel NFL. I thought a lot of the pass blocking or pass protection issues this season were amplified by how Russell Wilson was playing. My big issue with this offensive line most of the season was the run blocking has been. Bleep poor. Um, all the advanced analytics say the run game has been bottom five in the NFL. Uh, they haven't been able to run the ball efficiently. When they have, good things have happened, and uh, I think that's where you're leaning into building this team this off season. It's the run game infrastructure improving there, so that way you don't have to be an above average quick pass game. Uh, you can move the ball when you're not getting three 40 plus yard pass completions in a game like you saw on this one. And hopefully defense will be better too. defense giving up 28 points, not the best game, um, from the Broncos defensive side of the ball. Jasmine coming in, contributing in the chat, 1999, super coming in. Also, uh, previously not given supers, but uh, contributing to the chat in general, the conversation, we appreciate you, Jasmine, a uh, cute pick there of you and the kid saying, I'm still mm-hmm. team Russell Wilson looking forward to chatting more about the new head coach ownership seems they will spare no expense. Everybody should still be team Russell Wilson because he's going to be here next year. In um, the best case for the Broncos that he figures it out, he's going to have to play better. Otherwise you might have to have a difficult conversation as far as the contract uh, for next season. But if you have this as a baseline, uh, that's great. I just don't know how sustainable, like I mentioned it already, 340-plus yard pass attempts, only 13 completions. The uh, Broncos averaging 10.2 yards uh, per attempt in this game. I mean, those are all astronomically high numbers. Uh, so you're going to have to figure out some other things there, but hopefully you will, and you'll have better offensive scheme, better coaching staff, more health. I mean, it's you have something to replicate uh, going into next season as an identity.
2: The mobile pocket helped with the offensive line as well. Yeah, there wasn't a target back there, five yards deep behind the center. Um, it slowed the rush down a little bit. Now, were you mm-hmm. facing, you know, Bosa? Well, for a little while you were, um, but it was it was different. Jasmine, it had been a while. We saw you last night. Thanks for coming and joining us this morning. We're we're, we're pleased to uh, to have you back. Um, yeah. F A comes in. He says to Nick's point, there were a few Seahawks fans at the gym this morning. Man, that's an early crowd um crying when they didn't get the fifth pick and not the third i love it they're afraid they can't draft a quarterback with the fifth pick oh nick and i went through a mock draft last week and we actually didn't take a quarterback we thought you know in in long-term building i think that's probably right because this is as high as a pick as you want to have for a while and gino is 32 years old and he is a journeyman quarterback but he has played really well this year I might try and get one guy that I think can come in and make an impact and run it back with Gino and try and make a run next year. Um, but if you're sitting at five, it's a conversation. It might be your chance, you know, that, that might be your chance to come in. And who's the got the best position? The Bears. The Bears are open for business, man. Let the they, I don't know who the general manager is, but he's gonna sound like an auctioneer on the phone come draft day if they haven't already made a deal. Love where the Bears are coming into the offseason from what we do point of view. And we love you, FA. Thank you so much. Yeah, big time, FA. We appreciate
1: you coming in and uh, supporting us. We got Ethan in here saying good afternoon, Gents Broncos country. Ryan Slavik's in the house saying good morning, Broncos country. I can definitely see it being Jim Harbaugh, Zero Evero, and uh, Jerry Rosberg next year as coaches. Just don't know about offensive line and offensive coordinator positions. We'll see. Um, I'm not the, feeling it, man. Coaches bring in their own guys. There is a relationship between Harbaugh and, uh, Evero. And, Evero, um, the, yeah,
2: and, and, and Rosberg's there. There's one there too, actually. Yep. So, so it's Ryan, it's I apologize. Possible.
1: It's possible. Um, the big thing is here is that you're going to give, you're going to concede a lot of power and say, uh, to Harbaugh to the point where we, George Payton might not be back. Cause he's not only going to get pick his coaching staff. He might get a pick who's, uh, under him as the general manager. So we'll see what happens there. We got G Travis nice to end the season on a win. And if that's Rosberg's last game as a coach, he ended up with a good game, showed them uh, what they could be. Now, hopefully they can get Harbaugh. I bet you Rosberg's happy with the win, um, but he's also probably, if he didn't have, if he had any hair, it would be out after the special teams performance uh, that we saw from the Broncos. Now Brandon McManus yeah, kicks his one field goal. It was right down the middle and perfect. Good hold, everything like that. But the punting game, was terrible. Hopefully this is Colby Wadman's last game in Denver because he struggled as a holder. He struggled as a puncher this year. I know they went cheaper <laughs> there,
2: but got, what do you call good Waitman. Waitman. What'd I say? Wadman. I, it sounded like Colby Wadman. I'm not sure, but I have got you pretty low. I Corless, don't use earphones.
1: <laughs> I think they might've had a puncher named
2: Colby w- Wadman once as well. Corliss Waitman. You're right. Um, I might have to roll that one back. Throw the I, flag. I like those progressive commercials. Yeah. We can actually do the replay here. Uh,
1: God, somebody, somebody in the chat let me know, is there somebody named Colby Wadman in something? Um, <laughs> but uh, also you had two muff punts in this one um, as well. You lose one of them and the Chargers score a
2: touchdown immediately off of this. You should so- pick up a return guy in the draft.
1: I'm, I'm sorry. Sure. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Side jar. Um, Nick, can, Nick about out of coronary. God, I uh, hated that pick. Gary Palmer happened. coming in with the with the support. Thank you, Gary. Uh, yeah. One of the one of the Mount Rushmores of, of Broncos for breakfast for sure. Says good morning, Scott, Nick, and Scott. That's us in Broncos country. That's all y'all. Good morning, yeah. Gary. Thanks for being here. Appreciate uh, you guys. Question: uh, A comment here I wanted to hit on from Sean on YouTube. Welcome in, Sean. This feels like a newer name. I feel like I'd recognize the the Sean and the the Pupo in the in the picture. He says, I'm still not on the Russell bandwagon. Gave up way too much for him. Upper management hasn't made a great decision over the years, in my opinion. And Sean, for me, why I wanted to bring this up is those are different things. Okay? You can not like the move. There isn't anybody in this chat that would say, you know, I'd like to have that move over, including the, the contract extension but I can still be hopeful that Russell Wilson can be a big part of this team moving forward. So those are two different things. You don't have to be, you don't have to turn around and say, Oh, I love the trade. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. To say, I'm, I'm hopeful that Russell Wilson can be a good player for us next year. Those those are different. Yeah. I mean,
1: if I think if you, you know, put George Payton in an interrogation room, um, lie detector test and said, would you do this trade knowing everything you know now? No, uh, I think most Broncos fans would be like that as well. Besides maybe the ones in the uh, full on on the Kool Aid and the copium. Um, see, Colby Wadman was the punter. See, thank I, you, Coral Kyle. We just can't <laughs> draft another CW uh,
2: at punter, um, otherwise things go bad. But <laughs> yeah, hey, just wait until you you know give yourself another fifteen years, and you'll be naming those the the, the players dads and stuff by yeah. mistake.
1: <sighs> We're almost already there. Um, don't give it fifteen years. We got Marvin <laughs> Harrison Jr. coming, Patrick Sertan. I mean, I know these guys. Uh, I mean, it was what Jerry Rice's son was catching passes from uh, Caleb Williams in that, uh, what was it, the Cotton Bowl? Whatever the bowl Tulane USC was in. Uh, but, yeah, pretty crazy. We'll see what happens. Uh, Aki Dragon, what a game. Did you guys see the players get participation trophies? Yeah, it was nice to end the season on a win. Um, glad some of those guys can get out with some good
2: vibes. Darius Simmons. The participation trophy gets a bad rap. Yeah. I've been wanting to do a video on this forever. It gets a bad rap. Yeah. So... The participation trophy is a memento. If you start thinking of it as a reward, it's a memento for a season end. So at the end of the game, end of the season, nice job, guys. A letterman's jacket. A, I got a t shirt for finishing the Boston Marathon. Did you win? No, it's a participation trophy. You, you earned it. You went through it. It's a memento. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. When it becomes more than that, it's a problem. But as yeah. a memento for the season, job well done, men. Not that big a deal. That's. What you're, you you got a letter. Did you win state? No. Well, what do you think that is? Well, I earned this. I put in some work. It's a participation trophy. Doesn't sound so bad that way, does it? No. I like
1: that take. Uh, Darius Simmons coming in. Good morning, guys. How about Jerry Judy? So glad he's finally becoming the receiver Receiver we knew he could be. Him, Sutton, Hamler, Patrick back. We really should be explosive next season. We'll see what happens. I wouldn't be shocked if Hamler was gone. I wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos added a receiver to the room. Uh, but they're just going to have to figure out how to add resources to this offense in general, sunny days. Uh, thank you so much coming in. We got Patrick coming in and he also said Aloha earlier. And then he said, we needed to play with this attitude all year. Um, I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, the Broncos, I think it was Jerry Rosberg after this game said the, the Broncos offensive line kicked the bleep out of the chargers defensive uh, front. And I mean, when you're running for what was it 205 yards on 5.7 yards per rush attempt when they know that you're going to run the football. I mean, that's, that's taking it to them. And this is a formula I think the Broncos need to try to replicate uh next season um with the efficiency and the volume in the rushing attack.
2: This was Bill's Broncos preseason in yeah. reverse, where yeah. you you bullied him in the trenches. And Latavius Murray ran hard. I, I, he's 32 years old. He's gonna yeah. he was cheap off the practice squad. Does he have a spot on this roster next year? He does for me. You know, even if he he's you know you can count on him. He's got a lot to teach the younger players. Yeah, it's even if Javante Williams is back, I've got Latavius as a backup, and then I've got a third guy. Who's it going to be? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would I would want I would want Latavius Murray as part of this team moving forward.
1: For me with Latavius Murray, I think it's a third wave proposition. If you don't sign one that you like contract wise in that first wave, those top tier guys getting that second contract where you're paying them only two year contract or something like that, and then you don't get one in the draft. Let's say you still have a question there. Then you come back. I don't think he offers enough overall to invest in that unless you're talking, you know, a veteran minimum where he might not even make the team. Then we can have a That's conversation. That's how
2: they got him, though. Yes. You know, I mean, when you're pulling a guy off a practice squad, he's going to be dirt cheap. And the stuff he brings in intangibles, I think, would be good good for you. Let alone he's he's pretty good running back, yeah. you know. So I, I would I would seriously consider it because it's not going to cost you a ton of money. He might not want to play again, but he certainly plays like he'd do it for nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he he he's not again. You pull a guy off a practice squad at 32 years old; it's not going to be expensive. And the intangibles he brings to this team are. Are important for me. Yep,
1: hundred percent. Let's say hello to some more people coming in. Sunny days, thumbs up, coffee. We appreciate you, Mark Linden mode. Howdy, Nick Scott and Broncos country. We got our guy Greg Smith coming in, saying top of the morning, AE saying what's up, Nick uh, Van Doctor Van Nostrand coming in, morning y'all, good to see you, Kayleon Green coming in, saying yo, always good to see you, Kayleon. We got Juan in the house saying hey guys, I have a question. Do you think uh, Hackett was too proud, prideful when they hire out and give him play calling? I don't know uh, what's going on there. Obviously the Broncos offense looked better uh, the last two weeks. They played two below average offenses. Uh, they changed their, how they're running stylistically uh, a good bit. Um, some of it could be buy-in from the quarterback. Some of it could be Rossberg saying, this is what we need to run. Uh, who knows? So there's a lot of dynamics and ego are, that are in play there, not only with after the hack and firing, but before the hack and firing. So uh, we'll probably never know uh, fully, but um
2: Go ahead, Scott. Juan, I appreciate you coming into this question. Um, do I think he was too prideful? No. I thought he was hired to be a play caller. So that was his job coming in. And when he uh, lost play calling privileges, it wasn't his call. He was no. fired. He was, he was fired. The Christmas Day massacre just accelerated the timeline. He was out. And no. he didn't get to choose the next guy. Rosberg did Rosberg says, Hey, I'll do this, but I'm going to do it my way for two weeks. And they're like, fine, you got two weeks, do it how you want to. Um, but those decisions had been taken out of, this is me speculating, but I bet I'm not wrong. Those decisions were taken out of, uh, out of, um, Nathaniel Hackett's hands
1: as was the Brosberg coming in for the game management stuff. Swink McLeod, morning. Good to see you, Swink. Jace also saying tackle edge, grab another safety. Kareem Jackson not getting any younger. I'd be shocked if Kareem Jackson's here next year.
2: And, and Kareem's a free agent. Yeah. Kareem was on a nothing contract. He he made, again, for as for his credentials, he was dirt cheap yep. this year. And he's yep. a free agent. And if he comes back, it'll be in a Latavius Murray role. But I don't think he's as effective as his job, as Latavius mm-hmm. Murray is at his and I don't necessarily want Latavius Murray being a starter. I wouldn't want Kareem Jackson to be a starter. So Harder to hide, uh, Kareem Jackson exactly. on the back end. So it's with the safety position. Um,
1: put in lime in the coconut. Love the name. <laughs> Says, go Broncos. Got our guy Miguel saying good morning. Fellas, good to see you, Miguel. We appreciate you coming in and supporting us. We got our guy Quentin Caldwell also coming in saying good morning, everyone. Good to see the win for the last game of the season. And good to see the Broncos kind of putting that. I mean, does that Rams game feel like a, an eternity ago? It's just mm-hmm three weeks ago, Um, but the chiefs game and beating the chargers uh, puts a much better taste in your mouth. And I think it's going to make this offseason a little bit more palatable. Now I'm going to be really annoying. And I have already been that guy on Twitter being like guys, two games from Russell Wilson that looked better does not undo uh, what this season looked like with him. Um, You have a lot of question marks there about his long-term effectiveness and how he can play, but I'm hoping that you can build on it with buy-in um from Russell Wilson, I, I'm gonna say that a hundred times this offseason buy-in 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 uh well, for what he hit rock
2: bottom you know you hope. I mean it, it's <laughs> like it he, he it's like an addict man he he was addicted to the idea of I want to be this this and this and you hear a rock bottom he he reached he says okay I need help I, I need help I don't like this I don't like the way I'm feeling I don't like the way this team is going I'm willing to do anything to make this better now some time in the off season might change that. Cause then your brain starts working again, telling you all those things about how awesome you are and how things should be. But I, I think we'll see a change in how, in how things are done next mm-hmm. season, without a doubt. 100%. Alan Forrester saying, morning guys, they don't expect the Broncos to do
1: anything next season. Cause it was expectation that ruined this season. Yeah. Um, what is it? The, mm-hmm. It's the hope that kills as they say. Uh, but what are uh, your expectations now for next season, what are your expectations? I want to be playing in a meaningful game week 17 where if things break the right way and you get the win, you can be that seventh seed in the playoffs. Um, I think it needs to be a step above five leading
2: into that. It's competitive football. You were competitive, but most you weren't that far off. There's some talk in here and a little bit of revisionist history. I'm like, well, we almost beat the Chiefs. You almost beat the Chiefs last time under Hackett. You know, there is a lot of talk. If Russell Wilson hadn't gotten his egg scrambled, you would have won that game. You were competitive against the chiefs anyway. The next step is when when you watch a game, y'all. That first drive, there's a roughing the passer penalty on the on the uh, on the Chargers that was a key play. The two biggest plays on that drive were penalties. Yep. Those things change drives. You go and get a touchdown for the like the fifth time in 50 games. I think they were saying some unreal stat. The Chargers have done it five times this season. Penalties help you do that. It's the little things. The margins are so fine in the NFL, as you've seen with these one score games, that critical penalty. Well, who is the most mistake-ridden team in the NFL this year? If it wasn't the Broncos, you were close. Yeah. Key penalties here, a fumble there. Those are season changers. And hopefully that gets cleaned up to a certain extent. And even if you take all those games you lost by one score and win half of them next year you're In the playoffs, that's not a huge ask.
1: Nope, uh, I agree with you. Injury luck, too, should hopefully rebound. It resets every year. Um, so I'm not saying because it was bad this year, it'll bounce back next year, but if we're just starting in the middle, um, every single time you know, you have a, as chance to go either way, and that'll hopefully mean you'll positively regress from this one. Uh, Clayton here on morning, Broncos country. We got the dub to end the season, and that's how we play Broncos football. Look out this year, we're going to light it up. That uh, Judy and game, Yeah, Judy had an amazing game. I I joked on Twitter saying that they're going to put the fifth-year option on him uh, before the game even ends uh, with how he's <laughs> playing out there. Five receptions, 154 yards, 30.8 yards per pass attempt on six targets. Um, he had a great game, uh, no doubt about it, and you should be excited about him for the offseason. Also, Jerry Judy goes in feeling good about himself and this team in direction, which I think is very big uh, for this team because – There was some talk about him being, you know, not the most happy uh, with the situation. Probably should be feeling pretty happy after that output.
2: We can go back and I can, one of those freezing cold takes, we can talk about how's this guy end up a first rounder to begin with. Um, You know, you look at his, his measurements and they're okay. They're not great. All right, fine. Watch him. He's got another gear. Mm -hmm. He's, he's faster than he is. He's got good moves. He's slick. But I can see why he's a four or five guy in the 40. And I went and looked up after watching him run away for some guys. I'm like, what was it? He has to be fast. What was his 100 meters time? And I went back in high school, and the only one I could find was 11'1, which isn't great. It's, it's okay. As a freshman in high school, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So he's 10'7", 10'6", because he's running away from guys. He's got another gear on the top end that's not going to show up on the 40. Get him the ball in motion. How many times do we see this, Nick? Hitting the guy in stride with the ball. How do you get run after the catch? Well, you catch it while you're running. That's how. Not curls. Not screen passes where I'm catching the ball from a stop. They were all swing routes. Almost like, you know, before a circle is when you swing out and then go upfield. They were hitting it early. It was a swing route. Getting those guys and Latavius Murray about killed a dude. On a play like that, on a swing route, where a defensive back number thirty-two, a Gilman or somebody came over, I was surprised he was back in the game. Aloha Gilman, yep, Notre Dame. You want you want you want yards after the catch, running after the catch, hit him while they're running.
1: That's been an issue this season uh, with this offense and the quick pass game, and it might still not be amazing next season. You know, compared to those best Peyton Manning, Tom Brady teams, Drew Brees teams, but uh, that's that's okay. Um, Shiloh, Heesh coming in saying $5 morning. I don't think we should trade for Peyton. We want a first rounder unless we get a historic offense. Harbaugh it is. <sighs> this is just rumors, and I'll say that out front, uh, but it does. I was told that the Sean Payton Broncos stuff was more leverage for other positions for Peyton that he's more interested in. I've also heard that the there's a lot of Harbaugh Carolina buzz coming from Harbaugh's camp. And after talking with Carolina, that's gone very cold. I don't think mm-hmm. Carolina is going to give him the power uh, that he is looking for. So Denver might be in the driving seat uh, with Harbaugh. So, and I think he's my number one because you mentioned the draft capital. Now, if you're only talking about giving away this 49ers pick, I'm in for Sean Payton. That's fine with me. He's more valuable than whatever player you can get the last six picks of the first round. Uh, but that being said, I'm worried it might be more than that. Uh, so that's give me Harbaugh in that case. All around, Um, we got our guy, Fawn Sloth. Good morning. So happy on the season, hanging out with Broncos breakfast chat. We're not going away, so you guys better not go away either. I know the season's over, but we're just entering team building time. You know, free agency draft. uh, It doesn't really get, you know, quiet around here until mid-May, June. Uh, And even then, we're still going to be hanging out. So we appreciate you coming in. We got Mark coming in saying, thank you, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast out there in uh, Demodar, Boulder. Uh, We appreciate you so much. We also got Naj coming in. You guys are killing it today. We really appreciate you coming in and supporting us. I know it's been an up and down season, but uh, you guys like the Broncos are sending us off with uh, good vibes for the season. But again, not, don't go away because we're not going away. It says, hey, brothers, uh, Justin outton did a great for the last two games, and I'm so happy for the guy. If nothing else, the last two games will help Wilson's confidence. I'm most concerned about Edge. Gregory is injury prone and no one else gets home. Thoughts? Naj, I appreciate you coming in and talking about Edge because the Broncos' Edge in this game was Outside of Baron Browning, was absolutely horrible. Uh, S- mm. Scott, multiple times in this game, you know who I saw playing edge for the Broncos? Alex Singleton. They're dropping their off-ball, you know, cheaply paid linebacker to the edge spot because they trust the other guys so little to put them out there. I mean, what? Wyatt Ray was one of them. Nick Benito was one of them. Uh, Baron Browning had a sack and he was okay in this game. Saw, but the yeah, edge, I saw room Singleton is, several times coming off the edge. It's bad. Uh, it's a bad spot right now. Um, so edge is definitely up there as well. I still think. Offensive line and everyone's going to roll their eyes. Nick, you always say it can't only You can't only go in and say offensive line. I'm I've never been. Don't take offensive line. I'm like, don't only go offensive line. Don't there. Reach. Um So yes, don't reach and don't pigeonhole yourself to a single position. Edge is as much up there for offensive line. Uh, for me, I think it's about equal given the value of the position, uh, interior defensive line. Also sneaky need because we're just waiting on Draymond Jones. If Draymond Jones has gone interior defensive line rockets up, uh, for the Broncos as a need. But, uh, Edges up there. I don't want to pat myself on the back uh, too hard, but Scott probably remembers the two picks in this last Broncos draft class that I was the most wishy-washy on with the Broncos one. Some people say, that's a great pick. I'm like, that's not where I would have gone. Nick Benito and Montreal Washington. Mm -hmm. It's only one year. Those guys' careers are not written yet. Those have probably been the two most disappointing draft picks for the Broncos this season,
2: given the opportunity that both of them had. Yeah, Benito, he he, he wants to go... To the quarterback that's it and you, you, you're running right around him you're, you're swing passing right around him so there's got to be some can he be a designated pass rusher yeah okay that's how we can use him but he you know with, with a, a second round pick you know i have reminded everybody that he was picked like 60. 64. Um, you know he was almost damn near a third uh and compare him to other third round picks or you know guys between between there and 75 and You get what you get. You know, I know he was the first pick for the Broncos, but he wasn't exactly taken as an impact guy right away. Building block for the future, so we'll see. But Naj, uh, appreciate you coming in, my friend, and you're absolutely right. It's uh, Edge is a a big need. Because not only is Gregory injury prone, Baron Browning hasn't exactly played 17 games and been out there the whole time either. I thought Cooper did okay. I actually thought Cooper played okay for what you would expect of him, but I want him to be fifth (laughs) fourth yeah fourth or fifth I want him coming in and giving some guys a breather and coming out there so yeah it it is a it is a big need and yes you come in you say it feels good to get that win and it does I mean you just watch not this was different you instead of being rewarded for losing like the NFL typically does you actually got to hurt somebody else by winning so it it Mm -hmm. felt really good to win this game yeah Savage
1: boy kev saying, do you guys see the Broncos had three people in the backfield numerous times? Is that because of how bad the offensive line is? I honestly think the going heavy personnel is more about uh, influencing the opposing team's uh, box count number uh, more than anything else. You're trying to manipulate their uh, personnel packages. So that way you open up uh, defenses and I would need to see what the splits are from runs to pass and what types of plays they were. And when they went heavy Uh, But a lot of times against heavy, what are opposing teams going to do? They are going to load the box, and that makes it harder to play uh, cover two, cover four, cover six. It also makes it harder to play defensive backs back there, both of these leading to better opportunities for explosive pass plays down the field. Uh, And if guess what? If you think you can match a hat for a hat and win those battles, maybe you can even run the ball better as well. I mean, a lot of times, you know, people kind of have the Madden thinking, or I guess like Alabama, old school Alabama thinking, where we're going to, you know, play uh, fullback back there, and we're going to just dominate the point of attack. Really, a lot of teams are more efficient um, running out of 11 and passing out of 12 because it's all about how you manipulate and attack the opposing team's personnel out there. Um, So that's what I would uh, suggest is the big thing here with playing three people in the backfield. But I also think it's part of uh, the Broncos leaning into what Russell Wilson does best. Uh, It's not empty set. It's not five wide. It's not quick pass game. It's have a lot of guys back there, uh, run power and then play action over the top.
2: Yeah. And you don't have a ton of wide receivers right now. Your wide receiver depth took a hit. Um, You know, they, they, we've talked up some Brandon Johnson, uh, Jalen Virgil, but those guys are rookies at best and not starters in the NFL at worst. So when you've got two wide receivers, and this is, this is old school football two wide receivers, a tight end, a fullback, and a running back. How do you want to take those three positions in the backfield and line them up? You can, you can change it up a little bit. And um, frankly, couple of those guys are some of your best blockers. You know, when you talk about protection protection too, Latavius Murray's a good blocker in the backfield. Another thing that he can, again, I talk about the intangibles with him that he can help teach the younger guys.
1: Yep, 100%. Crimson Wolf, morning Broncos country gate show. Do you see Russ restructuring his contract? Not this season. Maybe in the future if he plays well enough and you can kind of move some things around, but it's not happening this season. He's still going to be relatively cheap and you are not going to add more guarantees on the back end of
2: his contract. Um, So it's not happening this year. Uh, Crimson Wolf, you restructure guys when you have leverage over them, Mm -hmm. um, which is, or you want to have them for more years. You don't mind them being around more. So usually you're adding more years to their contract or you can cut them. So Graham Glasgow would be up for a restructure because he's owed like 13 with a $2 million dead cap hit. Graham, do you want to restructure your contract or do you want to hit the waiver wire? Okay. I'll, I'll restructure. That's what he did last year. Um, Justin Simmons might be one of those guys. Hey, I don't mind adding a year or two to, to his contract to see if I can free up some, but Russell Wilson only has a $22 million cap hit next year. And you don't want to add more guarantees to the end of his deal. You're, you want flexibility right now. You're, you're not sure of it. You want, you want flexibility. 100%. Mark McDonald
1: coming in saying, Good morning, gentlemen. We got Paul Bobenmeyer coming in saying, Good morning to you. Feels like a newer name. We also got Jason Woolridge coming in saying, Good morning. He got a long comment here from a CEO. Oh, Lawrence Rivera first saying, Guys, can you look up who taught Josh Allen? Uh, We should make sure the offensive line coach looks at his resume. Uh, He made other quarterbacks. I know that it was uh, Palmer, Jordan Palmer, did a lot of work with him, but Jordan Palmer also worked with Sam Darnold. You know, like it's some, I think it's much more on the, individual uh, who's becoming great more so than the coaching that they're getting in the infrastructure. You know, you have to have oh, God given tools. That, that
2: guy is now the head coach of the New York
1: giants. That too. But I'm the, <laughs> the quarterback coach for him was Jordan Palmer uh, coming yeah. out, but that doesn't matter. James Henderson saying that we're pathetic. Um, yeah. The Broncos season was a colossal failure and uh, Russell Wilson looked very good. Uh, good luck to you in the playoffs. Guess what? I'm cheering for you because if you guys knock out the 49ers, that Broncos picks a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, we're going to, of course, we're going to celebrate the win in this one and hope for better um for the Broncos. But don't take this as a, I think Scott and I are as not raw, raw, cynical. Rah, rah. cynical <laughs> yeah, but we're just not, we're not raw, raw types at no. all. Um, Some people are, you know, just like miserable to the point where they're like almost anti-fans covering the Broncos or ch- ch- watching the team. Some are, you know, everything is awesome no matter what. We want to be on both sides. And guess what? People like you coming in saying that we're, uh, not us being pathetic, but the fan base being pathetic. And then other people saying that we are uh, pathetic because we are too uh, rough on the team. It probably means you're hitting that intersection that we're going for.
2: I think about an hour ago on uh, on a different show, we were talking about how things are always binary. Yeah. You know, if you say, if you say you are positive about one thing, that means it's 100% that way, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, I feel good about how Russell Wilson play. Oh, he sucks. Oh, you're talking about, you're pumping up Russell Wilson. no, I said, I saw some things that I like that you can build around and some buy-in and this type of things. Or I think that moving the pocket around can help protect your offensive line. They played better. Yes, and the the Chargers, for some unknown reason, were playing their stars in the second half in this game. They may have been mentally checked out. We know Arizona was, and I've mentioned a zillion times that you almost beat Kansas City. Everybody was so excited about it. You almost beat them under Hackett. That that one didn't do anything for me except prove that you've got the talent on the team to compete, and you're not as far away as your record shows.
1: Yep. Dom coming in saying good morning. Uh, go dogs. Good luck tonight. I think George is going to beat TCU. I'm not. No offense, Dom. I'm pulling for TCU just for the story. Um, God, the horn Frogs. A lot of fun there, but uh, I think George is probably going to beat them by 18. Um, it's going to. I think it's yeah. going to be a bloodbath. Go bath. dogs. TCU shouldn't be there. Yeah. <sighs> They, they earned it. They're undefeated, but they're going to get wiped. Um, but that's, is what it is. That's why you play the game. Uh, hopefully back to back national champs tonight. Hoping the defense coordinator can interview for head coach. Uh, yeah, you guys are killing it. Kirby smart. Great program there. Uh, Todd Monkin's done great there as well. Um, uh, they've been killer. Michael Ronquillo saying congrats to Broncos defensive line coach, Bill Collar, after reports that he is retiring from the NFL after coaching for 43 years, got a game ball from Jerry Rosberg. Thank you for the shout out, Michael Ronquillo. Jerry, uh, Bill Collar from, uh, I think I want to say from Montana, been in the NFL for a long time. Definitely one of the more experienced coaches in the league and very well-renowned for his defensive line work in the league. So uh, shout out to Bill Collar. He, he will be missed. Um, and um, wishing for nothing for the be- nothing but the best for the old ball coach who I think reportedly wrestled a bear before. He's one of those kind of guys. So uh, shout out to Bill Collar. Appreciate him.
2: Yeah. Uh, the, thank you, Michael, for coming in and, and saying that one. Um, been there a long time. Yeah, 100%. So, uh,
1: Scott, I, I guess the big question in here is, uh, now that we've kind of caught up on the chat, I think I've gotten to all the supers and all the people saying hello. We try to get to everybody that we can. Uh, you don't just have to drop a super chat to for us to say hello and answer your questions here in here. However, if you do drop a super chat or a uh, superstar or super superstar or whatever, we will get to you uh, for <laughs> sure. That's almost a guarantee, 99.9%. Uh, but... My big question for you is, Scott, a lot of players and coaches and whatnot have said that the idea of a season-ending win building momentum for the following season is a farce. Uh, There's too much time between games. I mean, you see teams lose momentum after a single bye week, let alone a whole offseason. The team changes a bunch. The scheme changes a bunch. The players change. Uh, But I think that this game maybe, and this might be, me on the hopium, something to build on. Do you think I'm crazy for saying that uh, for next season? Or is this, you know,
2: feel good, but it's a complete reset by the time OTAs come around? Again, I think there's reasons to, for the players coming back for off season workouts, for all those things, I think ending on a high note is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, the losing can be motivating too. If it was a important loss, you know, if you're the Arizona Cardinals and you're just, you know, playing out the streak and you lose again, how much how much motivation extra motivation i mean i know these guys are professionals i know but again i talked about fine margins and maybe you get that free agent that you wouldn't have gotten if you didn't play really well maybe it helps you with the recruiting the coach it doesn't hurt (laughs) as for dang sure especially when your draft pick isn't tied to it you know don't i know third, fourth round down the line. I know I'm not going to, if, if pick 82 versus 85 makes the difference, I'll be surprised. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, it's a culture establishment of culture. It's credibility. It helps the players, you know, get different jobs, helps these coaches have more credibility in the room. It's not going to hurt. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Certainly can't hurt. Um, it's not like the Texans winning one game to fall from one to two, which completely changes their outlook on the entire off season. Uh, so we'll be interesting, uh, to see how it plays up. K hop coming in. We're talking offensive line here. Did the offensive line give up 55 sacks on lock? I feel like lock, um, was pretty good at getting rid of the football. Uh, we need now, obviously he had a shortcomings at quarterback. I don't need to go into that because we're practicing kindness and compassion here. Congrats on lock on the playoff berth here. Um, We'll see what happens with him this offseason. season, uh, but again, I think a lot of the pass protection issues with the Broncos this season were issues in the offensive line. They were miscommunications. Uh, the Broncos, I would believe, probably had the longest average yards to go on third down in the NFL, given the number of false starts, holdings, um, ineffective uh, ineffectiveness in the run game, uh, p- delay of games, et-, et cetera, et cetera, which lends itself to being harder situations in pass protection as well, which then leads to more sacks. Uh, but I think Russell Wilson uh, has a lot of blame for the offensive line pass blocking as well in the output of sacks. I mean, a lot of the ones are, you know, he hits, we saw it in this game, uh, he hits his back foot. He looks like he's on one read and he freezes uh, or he climbs up and it's, he's not square to the point where he can get rid of the football and get sacked. I mean, it's it's symbiotic, uh, but he shoulders, I would say 40,
2: 40, 45% of the blame. And it's there it's, it is there's, there's definitely something in there. There's one sack where it looked like Russell had time. Didn't get rid of the ball. I watched the play Two interior receivers. I think it was both tight ends run to the same spot. There's your check down, but one, it wasn't past the sticks Two, It's to the same spot. Yep. Uh, Latavius Murray was in for blocking purposes. He kind of leaked out to the right. Okay. He's not going anywhere. There's three of your receivers that have now been taken out of the play. By themselves, without even yeah. have to covering anybody. You look over on the left. There's a wide receiver. He's double covered. Maybe the fifth guy was open. Does he have time to go through all five to get to five? If he started middle and worked his way around. Yeah. So there's there's more to it. There's a lot to it. And uh, to answer your question, Drew Lock was sacked his his high was 19 times in 2020 in 13 games as his full season as a starter. Um, what I didn't look up was how many times, how many sacks did they give up last year? Um, a lot, but I'm not sure how many I'll I'll, I'll find that number. How many did this majority, similar personnel, how many sacks did they give up last year? Uh, Um, 40, they gave up 40 last year. And just to add to this conversation as well, it's not all on Russ. It's not all on the offensive line.
1: You, I mean, you talked about it there one sack, what a complicated nuanced story to come to that. That one is on, design slash pass catchers, knowing what they're doing, especially the two tight ends running in the same spot. You still have a sack as the end result, but that's why football is the ultimate team game. You need everybody to operate correctly in their assignments. And every single play has its own story with so something like that. I'd put that one more on the scheme slash somebody missing their assignment in the pass game uh, than anything else. Uh, but some stats here, as far as, you know, it's all on the offensive line. Um, Russell Wilson, this season had the worst rate in the NFL of pressures turning into sacks. Um, so for every single pressure, he was way more likely to be that pressure to result in a sack than any other quarterback. That's a quarterback stat, unfortunately, especially when it's a rate stat like that. Also Russell Wilson, I think out of the top 32 quarterbacks with, I think a hundred dropbacks, he was 28th in the NFL in quarterback rating when kept clean. So when things were good, he still wasn't super effective. Uh, so that's, that's isolating the offensive line from his output. Still struggles there, so but not the routes, not the receivers and yeah, route yes. runners. Yes,
2: yes, hundred percent. Again, there's multiple factors in yep. this, and you know if I want to I hit on this again, real quick. Actually, yep. I, I've been meaning to hit on this, so not again. It's come in my mind several times. Nick, the the ownership group dropping 400 grand on uh, new turf. What are your, your thoughts on that? I
1: think it shows that money is not really an option for this team, and it might also maybe this is Obstacle. reading too much. Obstacle, um, yeah. yeah, no obstacle for this team. I don't know if it's a, you know, flaunting uh, of the money to potential owners coming in or to potential head coach coming in, saying, "Look, like we have one game left and a meaningless one, and we're dropping half a million dollars uh, to resod the field in one game." Uh, and if you don't like, guess what? If you want the turf to be blue next week, we'll do that for you. If you want whatever, uh, we will spend it for you, even if it's a one-game uh, option for you out there. So, I think it's just um, almost a flaunting of money
2: it sounded a lot like I I listened to it before I watched it, you know, and there's a lot of talk about it. And I I say, it's a marketing expense. It's a recruiting expense, you know, it's, it's to go out there. And then when I watched the game, the the field didn't look great. (laughs) It it didn't, there was, you know, there was some dormant spots in there and I saw guys slipping all over the place. So in key spots, including a Cortland Sutton touchdown, there was a, a, a slip in there. So little unnecessary, um, yes, but was it put in for game purposes? No, <laughs> it was not. It was a marketing expense.
1: Yep. I don't, I definitely agree with you. And some breaking news here. I'm from the Broncos side of things coming out about 20 minutes ago. Uh, Ian Rappaport tweeting out the Broncos have requested permission to speak with Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, uh, one of their top candidates last year and a very high on odds chance for him to be the coach for the Broncos this go around if they lose out on Jim Harbaugh, it does seem like Jim Harbaugh, Peyton are number one. If they don't get either of those guys right now, a betting man would say Dan Quinn, Uh, but I'm hopeful uh, that it is going to be Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Scott and I will disagree some on
2: uh, Dan Quinn a little bit. Um, I'm not super enthused with uh, his candidacy. I disagree about is if anybody calls him a failure in Atlanta, I will disagree with that.
1: Yeah. Not good enough for where I want to go. And a lot of his defenses were, I think it was 28th in EPA per play. A lot of that's on Dimitrov, but if you're that bad, um, you'd hope that your defense, I mean, we saw how bad the Broncos defense was personnel wise under Vic Fangio. And they were still finishing top 10 when they were playing no names
2: out there at cornerback. Cause they were so injured. Didn't elevate the defense out there. Again, when your general manager's answer to giving up 50 points is to trade away two first round picks and three more picks to get a wide receiver. I've told you all you need to know about the defensive importance of a franchise. Yeah. That's I think it. Are, that, I think That's the mentality points. of your general manager. You give yeah. up 50 points in a playoff game. When you were the number one seed at home and your instant reaction, your gut reaction is to trade away five picks for a receiver. We're done. <laughs> we're not talking about defensive problems in Atlanta without starting there. Yep. But <laughs> just, just some
1: data um, on that front. Dan Quinn, uh, f- from football outsiders. They never had a defense that ranked higher than 17th um, as far as DVOA. And
2: also there. Let um, me point back to the general manager and how he completely eschews the need for guys on defense, thinking that my coaching staff will be enough. And I pour all of my resources into the offensive side of the ball. Anything else? Enough. I can just put that on repeat.
1: I just, I, I do think the stats you matter. taught me all
2: the data in the world. Thomas Dimitrov failed that defense.
1: Yeah. Period. He did. And I don't think Quinn amplified the resources that he did have. Um, personally speaking. And also his record uh, with Kyle Shanahan was really good. I think he went 25 and 30 without Kyle Shanahan there. And for all the credit that he gets for hiring Kyle Shanahan, he also should get equal credit for uh,
2: hiring. Star- uh, like I said, I don't know. We We talk about that as if it's a fact with Quinn and his hires, yeah. I don't know how influential or if those were direct hires of his. Jasmine is definitely influential. Thank you for yeah. coming in, Jasmine. She's learning a lot from you guys. Thanks for dropping all the knowledge. Well, thank yep. you. Um, you know, the, the beginning of the end for Quinn was 28-3. And then the, the end, the, the real hammer blow was not hiring in-house and taking a LaFleur or a McDaniels. Um, there, was two, there were two LaFleurs on staff. And Mike McDaniels was on staff and not promoting those guys from within. Instead, you hire Steve Sarkeesian who'd never been an, a, an offensive coordinator in the NFL and handing him the keys to a number one offense. It was a disaster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm going to have to lean over or not lean over, but you know, you'd know better with Dan Quinn than me. Um, the, you've experienced the Falcons uh, more so than I did from a distance, but looking at the overall data, I wouldn't be as, interested in him um but uh we'll see what happens here i also think it's because i'm so infatuated with uh the jim harbaugh fit um and not just from a personality perspective but the offensive
2: scheme side yeah Yeah. y'all don't get me wrong i'm not advocating for dan quinn to be a head coach for this team yeah i just i i want to put his role in the atlanta falcons you know we're talking about you know I, i say the same thing about sean payton you know, Sean Payton, oh, he had all this at New Orleans and, you know, he only won one. I'm like, do you, do you know what New Orleans was before Sean Payton? Go look at New Orleans, type in New Orleans Saints ref and go to the reference page. They had like five winning seasons in 40 years. I think it was seven. Seven winning seasons in 40 years. They may have had, and if it wasn't 30th, it was 29th. The amount of teams. They were the worst franchise in football for four decades. I know yep. because I think the Falcons were second worst. They just always beat the Saints. Tampa Bay was probably third. This would be like taking over the Lions. if uh, Who's uh, Dave Campbell? If he goes on a 15-year run where the Lions win a Super Bowl and are a relevant playoff NFC power, I don't care if he only wins one. And frankly, near the would the Lions. They'd take it right now.
1: Yeah. Brian Hunter saying I've watched listened to MHH for three years now Uh, man it's awesome thank you says all of you guys are amazing someday I'll be able to drop a super your team deserves thanks for everything well thanks for riding with us this season and thank you for the kind comment uh really does a a lot and helps us out here and we appreciate it It makes me feel good um Weston Werbert saying congrats on the W now bolt (laughs) up for the playoffs charge on yeah uh I think Justin Herbert's a great quarterback he had a good game I mean the Chargers weren't able to run the football in this one. Uh, Pretty surprising seeing the Broncos run defense, you know, flex like that only 2.7 yards per attempt uh, for the Chargers, 59 rushing yards. Uh, Broncos defense did pretty well. And Justin Herbert had himself a solid game overall. Protect the football only one sack for five yards. I mean, you guys might not be going very far this season in the playoffs. Uh, I I honestly right now, maybe Scott and I on Thursday, will go over the playoff games and do some predictions there. But uh, Chargers are going to be a good team for a while because Justin Herbert's the truth.
2: <laughs> Ernie Mays coming in. The right reflex, on cue, baby. We knew we could get you. If Ernie wasn't talking, he is now. All we have to do is mention another team. Um, we and we were talking Falcons there, but we were talking Dan Quinn as a candidate. Yeah. And his his failures and he, he had his problems, don't get me wrong. Again, but you know, we're talking about Mark Lindemood comes in, he says, that's right. They weren't called the, the Faints for nothing. Talking about the New Orleans Saints coming in, and they were the Aints. I mean, they, it was that was who they were they become a legitimate NFC contender throughout the Sean Payton's career. And I was listening to uh, the mile high huddle podcast last night while I was working it. And I didn't remember drew um, drew Brees' his recruitment and how that went, but I don't know that how many people were knocking down his door at the Uh, time. So I have some insight on this actually. Um,
1: There was two teams that were really after drew Brees. And one of them was the Saints. Obviously, that's who got him. The other one was the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Miami Dolphins really wanted Drew Brees. Not the Dolphins. Nick Saban on the Miami Dolphins really wanted Drew Brees. Dolphins ownership didn't want Drew Brees as much as Dante Culpepper. The Dolphins bring in Dante Culpepper instead. Nick Saban hightails it for Alabama. The rest is history on that one. But I know this: the Dolphins were really interested as well. But it was a conflict of wants there where Saban wanted Drew Brees and the ownership group. Ross, I believe his name is, uh, wanted uh, Culpepper instead. And uh, Saban lost out and then said, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going home and went off to Alabama.
2: Saban is an obsessive megalomaniac, and I mean that as a compliment. A guy with his personality is not meant for the NFL. There's too many concessions he has to make. Yeah. And he's pretty darn good when he gets to make all the decisions and run his program with an iron fist. He's incredibly demanding, and you... You can't be that way in the NFL. We've talked about the money that some of these guys make. Oh, how do you pay $25 million for a coach? Doesn't that upset a lot of things? It, it's it's hard to have as much power when three quarters of your team is making more money than you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it levels the playing field a little bit. You know, so something, something along those lines. Um, Jeremy Sean comes in. He says, Quinn feels like John Fox. Hmm. I never really got that with him. I think John Fox is a little more steady. I think you have a little bit more volatility with Quinn. Um, John Fox, Dan Quinn is a player's coach without a doubt. Um, He has more pull more say more more hold over the guys he still has more he's not a a wet blanket players coach but he is a player's coach without a doubt. Um, I never got that feeling from John Fox And the John Fox connection is just because he
1: came into Denver and stabilized uh, the ship coming from Carolina. Again, all we can go off here is the data and Scott can add nuance to it. But John Fox, I believe, was the head coach from Carolina from 2002, although maybe it's even 2001, all the way to 2010. uh, Their average ranking in terms of DVOA during his time, and I did the the math, folks, hashtag math, math in the morning. um, But their average DVOA was ninth overall for their defense in the John Fox era. They finished in the top five of DVOA three times. They finished in the top three twice uh, for Dan Quinn's, what was it, four years plus five games. Or was it five years plus five games in uh, Atlanta? Atlanta's DVOA for the defense never finished above 17th, and their average ranking was 20th. Yes, I know, Thomas Dimitrov. I guess, yes, but still, um, I don't think he's as much of a – I don't think he raises the level of the defense as much as Fox did. And I agree with you also, the volatility um, is much difference with Fox to Quinn as well. I do think Quinn would be a stabilizing force on this team uh, with it being capped. I think if that's the overall vibes on John Fox that you're talking about with Quinn, I get that. I think Fox was a safer bet with more defensive prowess uh, than I've seen from Dan Quinn.
2: Yeah, I think that was probably, they're pretty sure that was their first coach. If not, it was pretty close with the um, the Panthers and you know, he had a winning record. He left a winning record um, in nine years in Carolina. He, he was, he was a professional coach. You know, he was, he was a a steady hand. I was a, I was a solid hire for me. uh, I I thought when Denver got him, I thought he was a good football coach. Yep. hundred percent. Well, we're at an hour. Um, Broncos go off on top with a
1: 31 to 28 victory over the chargers. Um, even though the Chargers played their starters, this is not a just total throwaway game where the Chargers played nobody, you know, it wasn't a full Chase Daniels game out there. Broncos moved the football. Um, they looks like they have an identity that they can lean into this off season. And you know, going out on a high note, um, it's something that I'm gonna be really, I'm gonna have to be that annoying guy sometimes, or you know, pulling the horse back a bit, saying, like, okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. You finished you still finish with only five wins last season and the broader sample size matters more than the last two games, uh, but definitely allowed to feel a little bit better with the direction of the team going into next year, where it was as dark as it could possibly get uh, following that Rams game on Christmas. So positive vibes, but we're not, you know, uncontrollably like in a, uh, we're not reading the seismograph here uh, with the vibes going so crazy.
2: Yeah. It's again, expectations for me are better football, better football yeah. is that it's not super bowl or bust it's it's you know clean up the worst penalized team in the league hold on to the ball better uh just look competent competent football in your 500 this team wasn't as far away as the record sees uh as a record might say at the end of the year swing mcleod comes in appreciate you uh, finishing up the show here says can quinn get wilson to continue to buy in i mean that's a tough question um but dan quinn again is very good with the players very, very good uh, as, a, as a team psychologist, so to speak. That might be his biggest strength, is getting the guys to play for him. That might be his biggest strength. Um, but that's a, that's a volatile question. I mean, get Wilson to buy in. We talked about Wilson earlier. One of the things that changed were expectations for him. The pressure's off. And he hit rock bottom. You know, they, Wilson, I, I would think, had hit the lowest part of his professional career in Denver about six weeks ago. He's like, man, I'm I'm willing to do anything. What do you want to do? You know, Justin Outen comes to me and says, we want to move the pocket more. He says, man, I'll do anything. What do you want to do? Let's try it. So I I think Mr. Wilson, if he came in with a big head and lots of extras, I think he has been humbled. That's good for the Denver Broncos.
1: Yep. 100% buy-in, direction, identity, and hopefully a little bit better injury luck this Uh, This upcoming season, but appreciate you guys riding with us all season up and down. Uh, But, you know, one thing that we were was consistently on here, uh, giving you guys the takes and engaging with you guys. And you guys were damn consistent to coming in here, supporting the show, engaging uh, with us and us engaging with you. So we appreciate the heck out of you guys. Hopefully you all have a great Monday. We got Michael coming in saying great show today. Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Certainly a lot better uh, when the Broncos are coming off a win. Uh, we also got Michael Ronquillo saying happy victory Monday, Broncos country. Yeah, you guys enjoy your Monday. We appreciate everyone coming in. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also make sure while you're over on Twitter, follow us at BFB underscore pod BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, if you're on Facebook, first off, drop the thumbs up on the way. in. we got way more viewers in here. than we have uh, hearts, likes laughing emojis, et cetera, et cetera. Please uh, help us out. Uh, drop a thumbs up on the way out here if you enjoyed the show or just, you know, hanging out with us in general. Uh, we really would appreciate that. And follow us at HuddleUpPod.com uh, to get your gear there. And, of course, at Facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle Pod and Facebook.com forward slash mile high Huddle. If you haven't done so yet on YouTube, please subscribe to our show there uh, Bye. Obviously clicking the subscription, Mile High Huddle, liking the page, sharing it on your social media platforms. Uh, I know that I think it's Scott's been cutting up some bits and putting it on TikTok out there and <laughs> Instagram. So been appreciating that. I don't know if we need any more of my hot air filling the social media, but uh it's still fun to kind of see that out there. And we appreciate you guys doing the same by sharing our uh content out there for the world. And click that bell icon so that way you know when we go live. Today we were six minutes late, seven minutes late. Cause we were having so much fun over on Scott's channel. So if that way, you know, we go live, if you click that bell notification, you'll get that uh, notification to know that, Hey, mile high huddle is a uh, live streaming. Once again,
2: that's all I got. So we'll see you tonight on the mile high huddle podcast with Zach and Chad. And, um, then Nick and I will be back tomorrow morning to talk more Broncos. So we can we can start talking about some personnel, some players you might bring back, some players that are gone. We went through that before, but things have changed. When mm-hmm. we did that before, we were talking about uh, you know midseason. It was no way do you pick up the fifth year option for Jerry Judy. Now, yes, way you pick up the fifth year option for Jerry Judy. So things change as we move along. So looking forward to going through that again.
1: Yep, and uh, breaking news here on this one too from uh, the Athletic that the uh, Carolina Panthers are out and are not going to pursue uh, Michigan Harbaugh for his coaching vacancy after their interview um, via the athletic. I'm probably Bruce Feldman, but not sure on that one. Uh, So, hey, one less uh, competitor there for the Broncos. It does seem like the money plus power uh, is a big thing for Jim Harbaugh there, and the Carolina Panthers are not willing to give him as much power. Watch for Ben Johnson
2: um, for Carolina. That's that's the name to watch. Offensive watch coordinator. Rhodes. And besides, Jim Harbaugh can't win the big one. I, I I laugh when I read that in the chat. I'm like, everybody's just, you know, rationalizing a guy that if you don't get him, they're already making themselves feel better about it. Wouldn't it be nice if your biggest problem right now was losing Super Bowls and AFC championship games? Yeah, that'd be great. Let's go on a five year run of doing that, and then we'll have the discussion of whether or not you want to make a change at that point. Gotta yeah. get there first, y'all. No, but just come back around. Uh to- Ben Johnson, name to watch for Carolina. That's uh, no
1: reason, Um, but that's one that I think is uh, very high vibes uh, out there, and he's done a great job with that Lions team, even though they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, Appreciate the heck out of you guys. You have a good one. Enjoy your Monday the 9th. Uh, We will see you guys tonight. Scott and I will see you guys tomorrow morning. Um, Like I said earlier, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. Fun season, even though it didn't end like we wanted, you guys made it fun. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Scott. Um, And uh, everyone have a good one. We'll see you later. Go Broncos.